At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanen and Dennis Dick on the show today. Trade wars on, trade wars off, trade wars on. Do this dance over and over again. This morning, I guess, the trade war is back on. That is driving sentiment here this morning. But aside from that, though, we have some earnings to discuss. We have a couple of interesting headlines as far as offerings and buybacks and dividend raises are concerned. Uh, so we'll get through those and two guests today. Well, uh, we're our one guest during the main hour. That's Jake Wujastic from TrendSpider. He'll join us at 835. And then we're doing a bonus hour again. We got some good feedback about that. So from 9 to 10, it'll be Joel and Sean Udall breaking down stocks with you for a bonus hour. Uh, Joel, what's the word here in the overnight session? Green on the screen. Back to normal here. S&P's trading up a clean 15 handles at 3106. Uh, we dipped to 81.75 last night when I checked my phone about 3 o'clock. We were deep in the red only to wake up at 5 o'clock and find out we're firmly in the green here. Pre-market high, 31.0850. Not much to talk about for resistance on the upside if, in fact, we could take out that pre-market high. Uh, we don't have we have a mid-term uh, mid-range on the bounce at 31.1375 here, but getting back almost half of the losses from that two-day sell-off right here this morning. Uh, crude still, you know, bouncing around between 54 and 58, up a buck 10 at 57.20. Gold giving back a little bit, 90 cents, uh, down 90 cents at 14.83 and a half. Silver in the red by 2.9 cents at 17.22. Bitcoin down $90. We're talking about the futures here. It's 7,250. Uh, good morning, Triple D. Uh, the yo-yo market continues. Yeah, I mean, deal, no deal, deal, no deal. Sounded like we're not going to deal anytime soon. Then Bloomberg reports to this morning that talks are back on. And, you know, this first part. Well, what did they report before I butcher it all up, Spencer? <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, that's, that's the gist of it. And what's, the, and what's the first what's part's back on. Their sources. I mean, for all this information, they said. Bloomberg is breaking, breaking a lot of the information on China, and you know. It's, I, I, it's, I've noticed that it, it seems to be Bloomberg driving the discussion each day. I've noticed that when we get new headlines that the deal is on or the deal is off, it's typically, not always, but a lot of the times it comes from Bloomberg. I've noticed that. <laughs> and there, and who are they citing? You know, are they government? 
It's all anonymous. Government, government U.S. Officials. government. I mean, they're connected. Yeah, both probably. Right. They are connected, so they get a you know a hint from somebody, and who knows what's happening in the government? Government drops a hint over here, drops a hint over there. How do you know to believe? You know, the the source itself. And, and they're just reporting what their source is saying, but you don't know if the source you know has conflicted interests as well. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody wants a perception there's going to be a deal, so the markets go higher. And we don't know if there's going to be a deal. We don't, we don't, we don't know anything. I mean, this is, it's been going on for a year and a half. You know, what's to say it's not going to go on for another year and a half here. We're going to get this and you know, we keep going around and around and around. Deal, no deal, deal, no deal. It's got to be a hundred times we've done this. I'm not even joking. Like not even an underestimation. It might be a hundred times that we've had deal, no deal. Talks are going well. And, and, going and Joel's talks are not going well. Talks Joel, are going well. I mean, I'm Joel's so question. sick. I was sick of it six months ago. Joel, your question about whether it's U.S. or China officials, we don't even know because this morning's report says people familiar with the talks. Sources, people familiar with the talks. I don't know which side they're on. What does that mean? Can you get? Uh, can you um, email Michael Bloomberg and get him on the show? Would that be possible? It'd be good to get. Yeah, let's and see how the, the race is going as well. Anyways, it, it is you know what it is. We're going to continue to get this um, deal, no deal, deal, no deal. The markets respond in their normal way. It sells off for a couple of days because it doesn't look like deals happen. Now all of a sudden there's a deal happening again, some of the losses back. This market turned yesterday morning. I know you don't see it in the overall indices, but you saw it in the momentum names. The momentum names all washed out yesterday morning, right on the open. You had some stocks open way down. Square opened down over two bucks. By 11 o'clock was almost in the green. Shopify opened down 10 bucks. By 10 o'clock, it was in the green and then ran another 20 bucks. So the Momo names came back into favor yesterday morning. You've got to be quick to see these turns. I jumped back in just after the open. I jumped back in my Etsy long. I jumped back in my Twitter long. Both of those took a little while to respond. I am uh, up in both of them now. These are swing trades. So I started getting back swing long again because you, know, you just got to read, read what's the price action. And the price action said, the Momo is back in favor, just like that, just like that. That was a little capitulation low, and they turned around and started buying them again. So, you know, maybe it's getting whipsaw action, but, I mean, that's what it was kind of showing yesterday morning. A lot of the other stocks were still selling off. You saw some value names. You saw that trade that we saw the day before, the growth to value reverse yesterday morning, where they started buying the growth names again. This is right off the opening print and started selling the value names. So they opened low, the growth names, but then they bought them all day. The value names actually opened kind of high. Some of them opened flat. And then a lot of them, they were actually selling them for a lot of the morning. I know everything kind of bounced back towards the end of the day, but this is the, the trading action that we saw yesterday morning. And uh, I tell you, when uh, Laura Mart uh, Martin of uh, Needham talks about Roku, uh, I guess you got to pay a little bit of attention uh, it did open higher. I was hoping for it to come into the close. I didn't think we would see that 3248, but I was looking for 136.07. But I guess I wasn't the only one. It had 136.52, so you missed it by 45 cents. And then you had a rally, and now you're getting into that gap area. 146.68 was the start of the gap area. Now it's opening up to... 159.30, so just like that, uh, turn around in the Momo stocks. Good catch, Dennis.
Good point, too, by Spinner. And the TLT did rally significantly yesterday. And obviously, the banks had a really bad day. We know the pure play when the TLT is rallying is the banks are going to be lower. Uh, but also, you know, anything that's interest rate sensitive, obviously, can, um, you know, be impacted by that as well. So lots of, you know, lots of, you know, balls floating around in the air here. None bigger than the trade deal ball. And that continues to be tossed this way and tossed that way by sources. So personally, I don't think we're getting a deal anytime soon. We're going to find out what's going to happen with the tariffs in about 10 days. Um, if they're going to roll those back or if they're going to, you know, put on the new ones that are scheduled to go on, I believe, December 15th. So there's going to be lots of this still in the future, future headlines here. I guess you just trade. Maybe you do the fade trade. Uh, but I'll tell you, the momentum stocks turned yesterday morning. They had a really bad couple of days. Yesterday morning felt like a little short-term washout. So going forward here, hard to say. What a move in Shopify. And I'm kicking myself, obviously, for you know selling part of my long-term position that I, I designated long-term after it had the nice rally two days ago. It opened at the low and rallied 30 bucks. I mean, that's an incredible move. What, what are your thoughts here, SHOP, and full disclosure still oh. longer? Uh, I think I got a good number here for you. Let me uh, make sure I'm giving you the correct data. Uh, high of four, let's just call the high 410. You went to what, 286, 386, 115, so 60 point move, 345, 350. So you're through the 50% retracement, uh, which is good. I just see one, 360.82 could be a next target. Yeah, a couple highs in the uh, 360.82. Actually, three, 360.7. No, that's 350.70. Nothing up here. You're going to handle itis. Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't when, know. when it's pounding through handles like Shopify did, it's easy to get handle itis there, Joel. 30, 30 point range yesterday. Yeah. Tidy 10% range on no news for Shopify. I'd say 360 would be the next target. You had a high at 57 and a half and 60.82. And then you get into that big red bar when it came off to the all-time high. But it's already above the 50% retracement. I'm just looking at this three. I mean, if it ever comes back down to 310, 312, uh, the Monday's, or was it Monday's low? Yeah, 311.53 was uh, just on the dailies. That looks like a great level, but you're only 42 bucks away from there now, so. Not not going to do you any good looking at that level today. And again, the reason I have in the long-term portfolio and the reason I was saying I believe eventually it's going to make new all-time highs again is the Canadian aspect of it. Because like I said before, there's not a lot of big Canadian tech companies and this is one of them. So a lot of your Canadian tech stock investors have nowhere else to go. So that's, you know, those market mechanics could continue to drive. But obviously it all depends on the overall market. If the overall market rolls over and starts to go down, Shopify is going to go with it. But, you know, if this market turns around and continues to make all-time highs, um, you know, going over into next year, I believe Shopify will be making you all-time highs eventually, too. Continuing on our merry uh, parade here of earnings, we had a bunch of cloud stock names report. Actually, we had three report last night. They were all over the place. The chop on all three of these stocks was very uh, significant. Uh, let's start with CRM, which is the biggest of them all. Um, Salesforce.com reported it got hit, it's still trading slightly down. Uh, 
Spencer Israel, the details on the CRM. Yep. The adjusted EPS beat 75 cents versus 66 cents. The sales also beat 4.51 versus $4.45 billion. So a beat and beat in the third quarter. As far as Q4 guidance is concerned, the Q4 EPS guidance was a smidge light Q4 sales guidance in line. Uh, full year adjusted EPS guidance was higher and full year sales guidance was also higher. Biggest story of the quarter was that they closed their acquisition of Tableau software. What, uh, show me the after hours chart here because- <laughs> Big all range. Yeah, I, I saw the website action, but I haven't looked at an after hours chart there. So just uh, some kinds of God. visual helps with that. Yeah, it got to 163.16. On the initial headline. Yeah. It and then looked, they slammed it. And then they slammed it, and they took it down to 156 and a quarter. Which but, almost coincides perfectly. These yeah. these daily lows, and Joel is the one who, you know, talks about this. And, you know, obviously I learned a lot of this from Joel. I mean, you look at yesterday's low, intraday low, 156.19. The overnight low. 156 and a quarter. These lows and highs are very significant point pricing points. So now, you know, support is clearly, clearly well-defined. I don't think you're getting back down there. So I think there'll be buyers that, you know, are looking to come in and, and buy the stock if it pulls back here now. But 156 and a quarter is a huge level. Huge level. And then uh, this has a nice setup too uh, for resistance as well. Uh, first of all, you want to clear the close because you're down to buck 13. 161.57 was the close. But look at the highs from Friday and Monday, 63.41. No, Monday and Tuesday. No, nope, Friday and Monday. Getting messed up because of holiday. 63.41 and 63.21. You get to 63.15 in the, in the after hours. 163. That's just a huge level on the upside. That's the gateway to new all-time highs here, CRM. Then you had Workday, and same story, chop fast. The same trade up, and I have Workday in the long-term portfolio. Trade up over 181 on the initial numbers. And then they slammed it down. Now it's down seven. So you're actually looking at a 15-point range here after hours. Just incredible whipsaw action in this one as well. Spencer, what were the numbers? The headline numbers for the third quarter were good, very good. The Q3 EPS beat 53 versus 37 cents per share. Sales also beat 938 versus 920 million dollars. And as far as Q4 guidance is concerned, they gave uh, some subscription revenue guidance of uh, around 828 to $830 million for Q4 subscription revenue. How high did we get? Uh, double top on the 15-minute chart. If you're looking at 15-minute charts at 181.98. Wow. So it was up eight. And then they pulled the rug out from under, decided they didn't like the quarter. So that for 20 minutes, they decided they loved the quarter. Pull the rug out from under it, and they decided they didn't like the quarter. Now it's been selling off ever since. So I don't know how you even read these after yeah, hours I, action. Yeah, just, Obviously, everybody who bought that thing, the news algos who bought that thing, got crushed again. I mean, this news algos just seem to be wrong. Maybe it's selective perception. Don't they seem to be wrong all the time? Like these moves are all faded. There's rarely like the, it runs up and then continues to run up. They're buying it up. I mean, the, the, the play has been for the last six months, the last two quarters, to fade these crazy moves off the hop. Yeah, I mean, some instances you yeah. get some follow-through. You have seen it in instances where you get follow-through, but you know what's happening now? Now we're moving around here again. We have 815 number. 
Yeah, we had some numbers this morning. Right. Oh no, I just just right now, like ten seconds ago, S and P's are just chopping around a little. Yeah, it dropped two points. I I don't think so. I mean, the only thing I could say about the overall market today, and if you're looking for a big follow through, I mean, we've pretty much had our average daily range already. Already. Yeah. So I don't know. Payrolls were good. Go back to bed. You know, the day's over. Day's over. It's (laughs) It's, exciting. Thanks. It's it's gonna chop around here. What from? uh, 3095, you yeah. know, the 310850. Maybe you've already seen your low and high for the day. I mean, we did have ADP payrolls there. I knew you can just tell by the SP action that we had some. I didn't know it was scheduled. <laughs> I should look at my calendar a little bit more. Yeah, the it, day, it's yeah. not important. <laughs> well, it chopped her up a little bit on it. So it wasn't a non event. We do, we are still chopping around a little bit on it. But uh, for this work day here, yeah. Trying to find some support in here once you got a pre market low. I mean, it's almost impossible to call 164.69. I see a, a daily low at 63.96. So I'd say if you're looking for a target on the downside, 164. Longer it takes to get to 164, more of a chance of a rally underneath. I just see a bunch of low. I mean, this is pretty rare for this stock. Actually, between let's call it 160 to 163 we had one two three four five six seven seven lows in a row that's that's pretty good support here i'd be real tempted in this in the lower 160s i don't know if we'll get there so and then you also had the third cloud stock reporting last night was zscaler again same story stock gets a rip off the earnings number and then a dip i mean again the whipsaw action on the initial headline is incredible News algo appears to be wrong once again. I mean, they're three for three last night on in the wrongness. It's, 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 it's crazy. I don't know like how the thing's staying in business, this news algo. Maybe it's different news algos run it. Maybe it's human beings, but it's so fast. Can't be humans. I don't know. They obviously have not perfected the earnings report. I'll tell you that. <laughs> HFT has not perfected trading earnings. They don't know what the hell they're doing trading earnings. Maybe that's why I still have an edge when I'm out there trading earnings. Uh, well, we can, that, that could be a big discussion, you know, as far as what, you know, the price moving on the way up and then who comes in to sell it on the way down. But, uh, do we even care about the report of ZS? We just, yeah, I, give us I mean, it was a beat and a beat and the guidance was in line. That's I like that. Beat, beat guidance in line. You can give them, so we don't have to worry about the number. So beat, beat, guidance in line. That's a good way to say it. Beat, beat guidance in line. Where do we get to? I saw it way up. <laughs> it got to, I bet you it stopped at 55. Fifty-five, forty-five. I can't buy fifty-five. Go. But for you Zscaler bulls and or bears out there, we got a nice setup. If you're waiting to buy this thing, hit a low at forty bucks, and then man, you just found a firm seller at uh, fifty-three, thirteen-point move, so six and a half. So this comes into the forty-five and a half, forty-six area. That's giving back half of the move. I, I think you find some buyers in this one. Little gap to fill. Uh, so that's what I'd be looking at to see if there's an important move. If somehow it goes into rally mode, keeping a close eye on uh, this is called 52.50. One, two, three, four, five highs between 52.17 and 53.07. Big seller there. Uh, we'll see if they're there, if it comes back to that area in the regular session. Continuing on uh, the Merry Earnings Parade here, we'll go over to Marvel, MRVL. 
Yep, couple others this morning. This one, or actually from yesterday, Marvel or uh, EPS was in wine sales missed in the third quarter. The uh, Q4 guidance they gave, well, EPS guidance was light, sales guidance was uh, higher than estimate. So mixed Q4 guidance, and we'll call it a, a weak Q3 report. We call it a weak market here too. We are leaking here big time here off this ADP number. So we're down down three points. We're only up eight handles here. We were up about 14 or 15 this morning. So we're just quietly in the last 45 minutes giving back half the gains. Yeah, the whipsaw market. The whipsaw market continues here, Joel. Does not go away. The day's over. I told you, Dennis. The high. Well, no, there's action here. This is what yeah. I'm doing. I'm going opposite you. I'm saying there's actually some action. Yeah, but here. what I'm saying is that the high and the low of the yeah, day. Yeah, what are you saying? Uh, the range is in. Right, but we're right, going right. to trade oh, within no, the range. Chop up within the range now. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, um, what are we looking at here? This Marvel. I, you know what? I'm going to pass on this chart because pass. I don't know if you've ever done that before. <laughs> I, are you allowed to do that? Am I allowed to? Is do there that a technical chart? analyst allowed to pass on a chart? I'm going to start doing Spencer? that. Spencer, is he allowed to do that? The survey says he can pass. Yes. Yes. Oh wow! Pass. Yeah. I nice. mean. I'm, I'm fast. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna guess nice. on this one. This Good. is real. Ramp up, gap pass. down, gap above, gap below. I. I don't know. I have pass. Next. All right. Next. You have nothing good to say. Don't say it all, Rachel. So, all right. Let's move on to. Let's go to G3 Apparel. Uh, the the lone retailer. Uh, reporting here this morning, uh, at least that we care about. Q3 EPS beat a buck 99 versus a buck 94. Sales missed, however. They gave some guidance for the fiscal year. Adjust EPS guidance for that was light. Sales guidance was also light. <laughs> this is another tough chart. Changing it was a bit up last night. I was trying to short it above 30 last night ahead of the report because I was like, if somebody wants to give me that 30 bucks, you can see the three tops that I was looking at. I'll take it. It was bid up to 29 and a half. I didn't quite get the 30. I was hoping I could get the 30 because I would have been short in the report. And I would have been very happy here this morning because I'd be up almost four points on that trade there now. So Mr. By 50 cents, I guess I should have hit the 29.50 bid. So whoever was bidding up last night didn't know what the hell they were doing or didn't have any inside information, obviously, because the stock is trading down two bucks. Uh, they're knocking it down. I mean, there's a couple thousand shares traded here. Nothing real significant. I would look for, if I was short or looking to get long, maybe look for 25.20. That's 90 cents below. It's a ways away. Coming back on the, hasn't really started to bounce yet or show anything. You got a ways to go to get into yesterday's range. The lower yesterday's range is 27.84. And then for you longer term players, man, this thing went got to eighteen bucks, eighteen eighteen. We got over thirty, so that is a twelve point move. You had six of that. Longer term players wait for twenty four. Well, the other one reporting this morning, Campbell's Soup, mm. CPB, CPB reporting EPS uh, beat seventy eight cents versus seventy two cents. Sales missed by a hair. 2.18 versus 2.2 billion dollars. They also reaffirmed their guidance for the fiscal year. They reaffirmed their EPS guidance, that is, and they revised their uh, fiscal year 20 net sales guidance down slightly. Dennis, did you get any piece of this at 48, or are you not active in it? No, I didn't. Look at, I'm looking at the monthly highs here. And yeah. Lots of highs there too. Just yeah. like the G3, it was a nice setup. If you could have got the 30 and the same thing on the 48 on the CPB, just major resistance point. 
Uh, and now you're trading in the red. Let's go green. Let's go green here uh, at 57. Then let's get over 48. Actually, the two-day high is 48.39. The three-day high, 48.38. There's a big target on the upside. Let's clear that and maybe get a look at 50. But, man, you have uh, you have four monthly highs in this area as well. So there's your, your major resistance for Campbell's soup. Bounce back over here. Um, just uh, a couple other ones on my list. I want to talk MasterCard. Announced an uh, $8 billion buyback last big, night. Yeah. Eight and, bill. And, big one. And a not insignificant dividend raise. The raising the dividend from 33 cents a share to 40 cents a share. I like that. I'm a MasterCard shareholder. I like dividends. Uh, so they buying $8 billion back right now? Is that what they're doing? No. They're sending no. a, a market order? Uh, I know you give that joke all the time. I don't totally get it. Well, the stock's up so much. Yeah. I mean, it's up on the anticipation that there's going to be buying coming in. So the way it works right. is typically people will trade ahead of, you know, expected buyers. And they expect that the company's going to be buying in. So that's going to push the price higher. Plus, yeah, from a fundamental perspective, as you buy in more shares, you're bringing down the number of shares outstanding, which increases the EPS. Well, that's why the stock is trading up, not because it's buyers right now. Uh, but people had, well, the reason I say that is because a lot of, on several occasions, you see stocks fade off these moves as people, you know, anticipate, they get excited to see the buyback, they buy, 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 but that doesn't Sometimes know. they overshoot. Yeah, they overshoot, but maybe they plan on buying the back, the stock back at 270 or 275 or two, 265. It's the point Joel's making, and it's a good one, is that they're, we don't know, you know, we know that they've approved a buyback. We don't know how they're going to do it. So obviously the buyback itself can put upward pressure on the stock. Yes. But the bigger thing is last share is outstanding means the EPS goes up. I mean, Apple's earnings have increased significantly simply because of all the buybacks. Earnings per share have increased significantly simply because of all the buybacks that they have done. So, you know, you look and if you were to back out all of Apple's buybacks, it'd be a lot more share of the outstanding and the earnings per share would be a lot less. So, you know, that's the, you know, the, the argument obviously for why, you know, there's basically when you're making a lot of money, like MasterCard or Apple, it's two things you can do. You can, you know, you can, well, there's three things you can really do. You can keep it all and reinvest in the company. You can give it back to shareholders and, and the two, two ways to give it back to shareholders is in the form of buybacks or in the form of a dividend. Sometimes you do a special dividend or an increase in dividend. You know, that's your fundamental analysis here for this morning. Who was the one that was uh, doing like the big dividend and like uh, a $5 dividend and they weren't doing it for a while and someone was, uh, where is uh, BZZT when you need them? He was asking about a long-term strategy for the stock because they were doing the $5 dividend. I'll figure it out. I don't remember that one. Yep, I do. Uh, all right, are we done uh, Done with the earnings here with the cloud stocks? Yeah, yep. we're done with the earnings. Uh, just PSA, uh, Viacom, CBS, merger set to close today after the bell. If you're on the dentist, you have the trade on. You didn't know that. Yep. Now you do. Thank new, you. New tickers, V-I-A-C, V-I-A-C-A. That'll be... Uh, as Always a, disappointed when I lose a pure risk guard play. I did really well in this one too. Loved the Celgene Bristol Myers. Loved the Viacom CBS. I have it on right now, so obviously I'm going to be working out of it here today. 
um, because it's not going to, or, sometimes you can take them through, but I always hate the reorg and all the annoying stuff when you, you take them through that. it. I like to just get out and not worry about all the reorg stuff. So I'll work out of here today. So it's going to be a, a crazy close with CBS and BIAB as all the risk garbs work out of their positions that don't want to take it through the reorg. All right, let's move on to some other headlines here. This one's interesting. Arrowhead Pharmaceuticals, ticker ARWR, announced this morning a 4 million share offering of uh, Common at $58 per share. And let's do KOD with it because both of these are the same story here right now. Let's okay. do KOD too. Right. So give us some news Cody, on that. Kodiak Sciences also uh, this morning announcing a offering 6 million shares at $46 per share. If you like to trade these offering prices, I'm going to give you some tips here right now. And the biggest thing is when they are pharmaceutical companies that usually in a lot of these cases, they are getting a secondary. They have good results from a trial. Then usually a day or two later, they might have to do another secondary to raise money to fund that trial. Uh, in a lot of cases, if it's just, you know, Joe stock, industrial, whatever, doing an offering, a lot of times the stock will trade down to the offering prices. In most cases, the offering the, the pharmaceutical stocks do not trade down all the way down to their offering prices, at least from my selective perception. And in this case this morning, so if you're expecting KOD when it announced its offering, you know, to you know in a close of 49.20, if you're expecting it to go all the way down 46, um, you're you're not reading what's happened in these bi these biotech stocks in the past, the pharmaceutical ones. Um, because they typically do not trade all the way down. They actually trade sometimes down a bit like in the case of ARWR, but not all the way down. So don't be surprised if ARWR doesn't trade all the way down to 58. There's always going to be exceptions to the world. I know in the case of KPTI, I think it was KPTI. No, no, it was, uh, what is that other one? The crazy one that went to the hundreds. It was a K, that's not KPTI. Do you remember the one K when we K were in New York? K KPTH? No, was KP no, no, no. no was that wasn't a... it either. Somebody help me in the chat here. Too, didn't it? It had an offering and it traded through the offering price. So I just wanted to be somebody. KRTX, thank you. No, That's that wasn't it. Really? Because K oh, KRTX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. KRTX, that was the one. But that got just silly. I mean, I think it went from 30 to 150, and then they did an offering. So that was a different story. But you know, the KRD kind of got silly there yesterday, too, or two days ago when it got up to 70. Even sillier after they announced they were going to do an offering and then trade up to 61 yesterday, which was a little bit overdone, too. So this morning, I traded down the 47 handle. That's low as it got. It's been bid ever since. Um, it's at 52. I do not expect it to trade down to the 46 price. Just like in the case of ARWR, I do not expect it to trade down to the offering price of, what was the offering price, 58 on that one? Yeah. 58. Yep. I don't, I don't expect it to trade down there either. Look at, uh, look at this sleepy KRTX chart. After all that movement, what you have – because oh, you got major support at 70 here. If you think this company is good and you're looking at a swing trade here, you had a couple lows at 69.19, 69.47. Yesterday's low, 71.90. If you think this company is for real here, you found a buyer three days in a row. And then if you can clear 79, that's only at 73.50, 78. Just quiet consolidation here. So look uh, – I'd love to see. Let's see. What I just happens. want to clarify further, and thank you, Spinner. I guess I wasn't clear with what I was saying. So it's not all biotech stocks that don't trade down the offering price. If you have Joe Biotech stock that has just been leaking, 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 and there's no successful trial, I'm talking about the ones that have a successful trial. When they have a successful trial, 
So only not not so I blanketed it and said, oh, typically yep. the biotech stocks don't trade down to it. I'm talking about the ones that have a successful trial. So it gets announced, and stock has a and you know a biotech stock comes out in successful trial, and they're moving on to the next stage. They typically have to fund that next stage. That's when you get the offering. Those are the ones that typically do not trade down to it. Joe Biotech stocks is just burning cash and you know going nowhere, and they have to you know finance because they're just burning cash. Completely different story, and they often trade through those offering prices. So it's not all biotech stocks; it's the ones that have a successful trial. Thanks, Spinner. Just I, I just want to make sure I was clear on that. All right, uh, just a quick question here. Um, people talking about uh, Roku, and we did cover it earlier. I just you know it's traded up three seventeen. It's kind of quiet. Um, I'm saying if it holds that high from uh, from Monday at 146.68, we're a buck above that, then you're getting into the gap area. Yeah. I don't think it's going all the way to that area, 159.30. But red bar fought back on a green bar on an upgrade. I think if it can hold that high from Monday, then you should be working yourself into the gap area. I just, the thing with this, it's just not going to bolt up to 159 because the people that did stick their neck out on the line on Monday and got a little rewarded on Tuesday just might be looking at a shorter term trade. They could care less if it ever goes back to fill that gap at 159.30. So need to hold that high for Monday, 146.68. And hard to give you a target here because the next, uh, next technical area is 159.30. Saw on how hot the story is, and yep. the story cooled off again. Big difference between story cooling off and story broken. Pot stock story broken, in my opinion. Roku story cooled off means it can get hot again very quickly. We already saw it once cooled off in September, got hot again in October thanks to Disney Plus. Cooled off in two days ago because of the downgrade and cooled off to a ridiculous level. I did not see it falling that far, even though I said I would not be buying at 149. I did not see it losing another 15 handles after that going down or 17 handles going down to 132. Come back up that 151. You might have some few people though. I don't think it's getting right back to 160. Can it chop its way and work its way back up there over the course of the next couple of weeks? Depends on the overall market. But you know, right now the story has cooled off again. Can it get hot again? Potentially. You know, we're going to have more streaming. People still see it as a pure play on streaming. I don't think the story is over here. And uh, let's see, Tradeworks it says, AM, AM, I'm a seller. He's already worked out a half of a position. So he's. I mean, if you're picking up 132, 135 two days ago, things 148, that's a good trade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, yeah. hell of a trade. Yeah. Yep. The risk reward in it. So take a look at that. And uh, it's a question here. Um, Alexander Santana, I have no idea what float means. And that's just the available available stock out there to trade. Dennis, you want to make any more comments? Oh, uh, you got yeah. it. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move it on. 8.34 and 15 seconds. We got 45 seconds before our guest coming on. Jake, with two Jack? Thoughts on Twitter quick from Dr. J in the chat. Close. Close show. Give you half credit Twitter? on that one. Go ahead. Yeah, thoughts on Twitter. I sold my swing long two days ago because I was nervous about the whole, I talked about the whole China thing there. I talked about this on Friday, on Friday's show that I was nervous and lighting up some of my uh, swing longs. I rebought it. I rebought it yesterday. I bought it right on off the open because, or right after the open because I saw them buying the, the tech stocks and the momentum names back. Um, so I was looking at this and I was like, you know what? 50% retracement of the, of the move here too, going 28.63 all the way up to the 3093. So we'll call it what, two and a half bucks. 
just pulled back over a dollar and a half from those highs, 29.50. It's not a bad spot. A little bit through the 50%, but right there. So yep. I rebought it yesterday around 29. I think I paid 29.65. So I'm in it for a swing long here right now, stopping out on the low of the move. So I had this trade already on once, stopping out on the low of the move. It's round two of it for me. So I bought it 29. I believe I bought almost 29 and a half on the same trade. Sold up in the 30 handle. We bought 29 and a half. Just a swing trade, not an investment. Stopping out the low of the move. So cuts through 28.63. I will be out. All right. Let's bring on our guest today. And I will say his name correctly. Jake Wojastic from Trendspider. Jake, oh, good morning. Good morning. It's bright and early here in Denver for sure. How are you guys doing? Doing okay. Do you have any snow on the ground still or are you guys past that? Oh, of course. Yes. Uh, it's been quite the fall so far. We, we have a little bit of snow from last week's storm, but I mean, we've gotten over 30 inches this fall. It's oh, crazy. Oh. Just, uh, you know, we've had like five or six storms. So we've had our fair share of snow. I just got back from Mexico, so I'm not loving the, uh, the cold <laughs> weather switch. You can go skiing though. Go to Vail, do some skiing. Hey, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, I haven't gone yet this year. I'm kind of waiting for the next round of snow. and That'll probably be my first time to go out. So I'm excited. All right, Jake. Uh, real quick. Bitcoin yeah. is on the move here. I what? Have abs- yeah. Bitcoin is on the move. You see. It's, uh, it was down $20. Now it's up $285. That's a pretty significant move. It's a volume coming into it. So not sure it had a spike. Holy mackerel. We maybe there was a fat finger there. We just went to seventy nine sixty five. There's where were we? Wow, <laughs> we bottomed this morning at seven thousand. So I just a thousand bucks. Yeah, just a thousand. Somebody was excited. <laughs> okay, sorry hey, about that, Jake. You know, hey, go to Trendspider. Can you guys, um, you know, do you follow uh, Bitcoin as well over Trendspider? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So we have uh, crypto. We have forex stocks, nice. ETFs on the U.S. Uh, side. So we have the ability to track these crazy moves that typically happen, you know, seems like every week at this point, but, um, yes, we do. Um, so, you know, I could, uh, I can share my screen and go over. Yeah, couple, let's do that. Um, you know, let's see the trend spider. I hear about trend spider all the time. Um, so, you know, I'm very interested to see the software. So it's saying that I need to, oh, wait. Uh, somebody needs to stop. I, I got you here, Jake. Spencer's one, done this a few times. He's got you. One second here. Uh, right. give me a minute. Uh Oh, Give me a minute to, to get uh... – all right. Well, in the meantime, let me just pull up a chart of uh, – well, I figured that out in the back end. I'll, I'll pull up a chart of SPY, uh, Jake, and you can kind of just talk us through uh, what, what you're seeing in SPY. Okay, perfect. So, uh, yeah, so SPY, um, one of the main things I was really going to show was the weekly chart. Um, so the weekly chart is uh, something that I'm kind of paying attention to, and the main reason for that – is essentially uh, you've got this this upper Bollinger Band from the monthly being tested uh, once again. And every time that's been tested, uh, and I did a little back test last night, but I'm going back to January 22nd of 2018 when we just absolutely blasted through it, we still corrected about 11% in two weeks after that. And so we are kind of riding the top of that upper band again. And uh, it's just going to be interesting if there is some follow through I know that we are a little bit up today in pre-market, but you know that's that's kind of a typical fake out from you know from my experience sometimes in these moves. Uh, I could be wrong, but just looking at the longer-term side of things, we have had a nice move up, and it wouldn't be unhealthy to have a, a slight pullback to reset 
and get some new uh, holders in the lower lower threes. And what about you? You, you mentioned uh, yesterday you're also looking at the cues. Yes. What about the cues? The uh, biggest thing on the cues is uh, the daily ascending uh, ascending wedge breaking down the last few days. Um, you know. It, we caught a bid pretty quickly yesterday after we broke down, but still, it's just uh, it's just one of those things where you know sentiment maybe slowly starting to change a little bit um, from a technical perspective. As I mentioned, if we had um, if I could show my screen, but I know we're having a little problem. Are, but you, are, you, right. are you able to Are you able to try that again or no? Uh, it says I I think one of you guys has to stop sharing your screen for me to share mine. That's All right, what try that. There we go. All right, let's go. Yeah, I want to see the trend spider. All right, there we go. Now we're good. There we go. Guys, can you guys see me now? Beautiful. All right, so um, this is the cues. Uh, this is something that's really unique to trend spider as well. You can see here this top band is actually the monthly Bollinger Band. So I'm looking at the daily price action interacting with this longer term level. And you can see here, any time that we've really tested this upper band on the, uh, the monthly side, well, this is the, uh, the daily candle, but interacting with the monthly Bollinger Band, you can see we've had a decent move down. I mean, we did it here in, um, I can't get my date, what, in May, dropped 11% in about 22 bars. So our, what we really like to aim to do is focus on that shorter term price action, respecting these longer term levels. So again, we had this happen in July. We tested the upper band here, had quite a strong pullback. And then we have done this same exact thing here uh, in late November. Caught a bid pretty quick. We'll have to see if that holds, but um, it is just interesting to see how that works. Um, you know, sometimes just when you overextend uh, and you're kind of getting away from the mean, you, you need to kind of mean revert and get things back to reset levels. Um, I did want to show the SPY chart that I was explaining yeah, before, um, on the weekly. So this is the monthly Bollinger Band in the weekly chart. So you can see the same thing. Anytime that we've really kind of touched or broken through this upper band from the monthly chart, we've had quite the move down. Um, and, you know, I think uh, right now the Fed is pretty accommodative. So, um, we can easily kind of reverse pretty quickly as well. But just based on the sheer kind of magnitude of the drop uh, so far this week, I think this is kind of foretelling maybe something a little, a, a little more than just uh, yesterday's action. Um, that doesn't mean we can't have some green days. That doesn't mean that we can't just go straight up again. But just based on looking at this particular setup, I, I'm a little cautious. Um, uh, to kind of complement that, I did want to go over GDX. Um, this is something that I um, really, you know, don't look at a ton, but this is a signal that I've messed around with over the years. It's a mix of the Williams percent range, the RSI, and the Vortex indicator. And so what it does is it- What's the Vortex indicator? Explain the that. The vortex indicator is a reversal or kind of a trend reversal indicator. So it's actually based on how wa uh, water vortexes work and just, you know, physics essentially. And so um, whenever, whenever kind of the, the vortex is kind of changing direction, you'll see that it will get to these thresholds or, and it depends on what um, stock you're looking at, right? So, and it depends on what input. So for example, here, 
you know, the Vortex 8, so we're looking at the eight-week Vortex, you know, we're kind of topping out at this threshold right around, you know, 1.55. And so you can almost use that like an RSI oversold or overbought. And then you can do the same thing on the downside here. And you can see, you know, anytime we get to this area, there's generally quite a move. Now, notice that we haven't got to that area yet, but we're kind of in this secondary part where we've got this second threshold that we've almost tested and it's starting to converge. So whenever you have the vortex negative, this red starting to converge towards the blue to the downside, it's generally showing some type of trend reversal. So here you can see here, we, we kind of diverged right here. That was a bottom. Once these crossed, that was your confirmation of the move up. And so what you wanna do, or what I do here is I, kind of connect the points with the percent range being oversold, the RSI either hitting some type of support on a trend line or being oversold as well. And then I look for the vortex red over the blue and when they start to converge, that's something I kind of note. Um, so you can see in the past when these have started to materialize, at least over the last about year and a half, two years, there has been a nice move up and it does look like this could be the next leg. Um, Anything's possible, but this is something that I am keeping an eye on. I've never even heard of the vortex indicator before. So how, how do you how do you find these, or, or I guess how do you recommend someone, you know, I accidentally ran indicators that and and learn what works for them. I randomly found this indicator. I accidentally typed in the wrong um, symbol one time when I was you know doing technical analysis a couple of years back, and I literally just stumbled upon it and saw a quick pattern that price action was following. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And pretty much from there, that's, that's kind of how it started. Um, and I did some research on it and it's been a big part of my analysis ever since. Um, I thought you were going to talk about the weather. <laughs> One thing that I wanted to show as well, that is really cool and something that's pretty new to TrendSpider is the ability to anchor your volume by price. So it's something that's very new. Um, if anyone's heard of the anchored VWAP uh, by Brian Shannon from Alpha Trends, it's very similar to that. So when you're typically doing volume by price, sometimes it's really hard to figure out where that volume is being registered from. But what you can do with our volume by price is you can actually move this. So let's say that you only wanna take the volume by price from this point that we started to move up again you can see from this particular point on May 20th, most of the volume on the weekly side is holding right at the point of control here and a ton of volume is holding, kind of creating a base for the next leg possibly. So, so you're really, you really have a lot of um, control where you want to start your volume by price. And what's really cool about this is, you know, if we move this over to September of 2018, you can see how much volume from this move is, is in this price range. But if you kind of move this over and remove some of that noise and just take this, this pivot here, you can see most of this volume is actually holding at the top of this range rather than the bottom like it was previously over here. So you can kind of see how that volume is kind of moving up the, up the, uh, the range from September 10th because you've got a lot of this volume here and then you move that to here and you can see how much of that volume is now aggregated right around the 27 to 28 area. 
I want to throw you a hard one here. I'm going to throw you back to Roku. We talked about it a little bit earlier yes. there, but it's because of ch the chop on it's been so incredible here. What are your indicators and trend spiders showing on Roku at, at 147 this morning? All right. So for me, I would just, you know, using this volume profile, I would put it kind of right where we bottomed out on September 30th. And so, you know, just a quick glance at the, you know, uh, the volume, uh, volume by price, you can see how perfectly the price action yesterday bounced off that point of control from this low on September 30th. So, so it's really interesting to see if this will hold, if this, you know, quickly fills the gap above. Um, you know, if we went to the vortex indicator, which isn't always going to tell you much, um, and we are on the weekly chart. So just to, let's go to the daily here. You know, it's, it's, this is what I also want to mention a little bit about the vortex indicator. So here, this is actually, you know, a pretty optimized view, right? So sometimes with any indicator, you know, using the RSI 10 on the daily is going to show you a slightly different signal than using the RSI 10 on the weekly because you're using different time frames. So this is the vortex eight. It's actually showing some pretty interesting stuff, right? So we've got you know, the last time that the, uh, in September, the vortex positive crossed the negative, we had a continuation down a few days later of, you know, 33%. If we go here and we see the vortex indicator crossing here, notice that we had a false signal. Notice that we gapped down, caught a bid after earnings, and then ripped right up. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if this is also a false signal because we did just cross here. But, um, you know, it's, it's Roku. I mean, Roku <laughs> kind of wow. throws everybody for a loop. So if, if we were just going based on, you know, the stock's personality, technicals can get thrown out the window really quick with a stock like Roku. I just want to ask you, Jake, you, you, you show um, some daily charts, you show some weekly charts. I just wondered what, what your time frame is. Uh, you seem to be a, looking a little bit farther out than we do. Are you, yep. you know, are you, it does, they don't really look like day trades, you know, and, uh, you know, we talk about the, you know, the more you expand your time horizon, you know, the last year competing with uh, the HFT, I'm just wondering what your typical time horizon is for your trades. So I'm usually making my trade on the, um, the weekly candle. Uh, and then I'm, I'm doing my actual buying and selling on the daily or even, you know, maybe the, the 30 minute. Um, but I'll give an example of why I do this. Um, so if we go to Twitter's, um, you know, weekly chart, I was checking this out right around, uh, you know, where this doji formed here in, in uh, mid-November. And this was the reason I took the trade. Um, so I, if I turn on the percent range here, um, I'm going to need to change this, I think, to, oh, no, I think it works here. So, you know, what I'm looking for here, and this, I think I did have to optimize this a little bit, but essentially what I was looking for was all I was looking for was ever, whenever the price action had taken a huge move down, you know, i.e. well over 10% in three weeks, I was then looking for the percent range to become oversold and then ideally what I'm looking for is I'm looking for divergence to occur. So you can see here, anytime I've got this slanted line here, this pink line to the downside showing prices hitting new lows. And then you can see here on the percent range, 
price was at, uh, the percent range was actually catching a slightly higher um, low here. And you're able, oh, let me get rid of that. You're able to, you know, see that this is hitting a higher high here. And, uh, you know, similar to this one here. So essentially, you know, I'm looking for some of those short term inefficiencies, but I'm looking for it on the longer term chart. So for example, here, I was scaling in the, uh, I was, I initially did a day trade on the um, 2950s a couple weeks ago. Uh, but then I started scaling into the uh, 31s over a couple days. Um, and I had well over a month on there and I was able to get out of those for a nice profit. And you can see here, this is reminding me uh, a lot of this, right? We had a big move down from earnings. You had a slight dead cap bounce and you've got your next move down. Not saying that's going to happen here because you can see that we have found a nice support right on this anchored VWAP from the gap down. But, you know, uh, that's just kind of what I'm looking at and why I entered the trade. Um, I always want to look at the daily to kind of confirm what I'm seeing. But, you know, the, the weekly is giving you, I think, a sounder signal a lot of the time. Uh, Jake Wujastic is from Trendspotter. Jake, thank you so much for the time and the charts and uh, have a good one. Thank you guys so much for having me. And uh, if anyone has any questions, trendspider.com, we're happy to answer any of your questions uh, live. All right. Thanks a lot. Jake. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. Thank you. All right. Age 52 here. Got eight minutes left in the first hour of our show. Anything happening? Uh, anything. Bitcoin anything. Uh, just hanging out. Still up 220 at 7,560. I mean, maybe a fat finger somewhere on some exchange you know, illiquid exchange, but uh, yeah, that pop up to 8,000 in the futures was faded. Good volume though. What was that level that when we had Mark uh, Yusko on a couple, was it 6,000 or 7,000? It was. So he'd be backing up the truck oh. at 6,200, I think. All right, 6,200. Okay. Okay. I just didn't know. I I don't know either. So where did it get down to? Did it get to Mark's level? Uh, I think we just got under 7,000. Just slightly table. under seven. So yeah. didn't quite get back down to where yeah. Mark wanted to load up. Yeah. Yeah. No, just level. I mean, of the big hedge fund managers out there, you know, there's not a lot of believers in Bitcoin, but Mark is one of them. And he's, you know, gets me thinking because I, you know, Mark's, you know, everybody's right and wrong sometimes, but Mark's a pretty smart guy. So, you know, that's, I've, I've been on this show a lot of times saying I don't, you know, really believe in the Bitcoin and the crypto case at all. Um, I think there's some value there somewhere though. Like, and I just don't know if it's like everybody's going to go and adopt Bitcoin or trading. I don't think that's the case. I do think there's value in other countries where the currencies are so volatile. You know, yep. you think about the smaller world countries where they need some stability. I mean, Bitcoin is still um, volatile as well, but you're not looking, you know, at some of these currencies that move three, 400, 500% a year and the currencies aren't even safe to try to you know, transact in because you don't know what the movement of the currency is day to day. So, you know, I do see some value in it long-term for those reasons. But other than that, I just, you know, I have trouble with it because I don't know how to value it. I think there is some value. Though. I don't think the value is zero. Some people think it's zero. I don't think the value is zero. What about the solar stocks here? Do you guys see this report? I haven't looked for uh, well. what, What's the report? Uh, it's from the U.S. Solar Industries Association yesterday, I believe. Uh, it said that since uh, the Trump administration imposed tariffs on imported solar panels two years ago, the U.S. solar industry has lost 62,000 jobs and $19 billion in investments. And yet, TAN, as, as recently as 
a month or two ago, was one of the best ETFs of the year. Uh, we've talked about TAN, and, and you know, and you look at the individual solar stocks, and it's amazing that TAN has held up as well as it has. It must have some pretty good ones in there because some of these are significantly off the highs now. But I guess they're, they've come back, too. In the yeah. last month, they've had a pretty good run there, too. I mean, Canadian Solar went from 24 down almost 14, back at 16 and a half. First Solar got beat up. We're trading up you know, near $70, down to 50 So these things have at least stopped going down. Still, that being said, though, it's hard to get fully, you know, like on board with these stocks now that they're in downtrends. I like them long term. I think long term solar is still, you know, and I don't know which one stock. I don't have any of my long term portfolio. I like the idea of solar long term, though. That's why, you know, we do need to get Gordon Johnson back on here. So he can point me in the right direction of which solar stock to put in my long term portfolio. Maybe I just buy the tan and get exposure to all of them. But maybe, you know, I, I like being stock selective too a lot of times. So. Um, you know, so many to pick from there. You can go to the Chinese solar plays and go to the obviously for solar is different. Canadian solar, SEDG, which has kind of been the best of breed, is up near the highs here again. Lots of different solar plays. I'm just curious, you know, what Gordon, Gordon uh, thinks is the best one. Uh, Spinner is mentioning a buyer of uh, uh, in Biogen of the 250 puts. They bought a thousand lot, and uh, that. Data well, we do get some. We do get a presentation from Biogen this week. Yeah, I, um, I believe it's tomorrow. Presentation? On, uh, is it going to be that data? Is it going to be yeah, they're going to give some more data. Boy. I mean, we're not getting a decision on the drug, so it's not like, okay, drug's going to be, you know, uh, approved or not approved. We're not getting that decision. What we're getting is more data from Biogen on the Alzheimer's drug. So it's going to move. I don't think you're going to see a 50-point move on it because it's just additional data. Um, you know, and obviously we were going to see some movement. So I'm not sure where, where the premiums are on the options. You can bring up your options chain if you want. Uh, but I, they got to be huge going into it. They got to. No, no, I don't think so, Joel, because this isn't, this is just data coming from Biogen. This isn't like the decision. This isn't the okay. hundred point decision. This is just more data coming from the drug. It's going to move. But I don't think you're going to see, you know, I don't think you're going to see anything more than a 10 or 15 point move as opposed to, I don't even think you're going to see that, to be honest with you. But it, it's going to move, though. That's at the uh, the ASH conference. Oh, no, it's not. It's at the... Uh... Again, this is information coming from the company itself. They're giving additional information on the drug. So this is not the decision. Not the decision so, day. It will no, be this isn't decision. We don't know when decision day is. They don't, they don't announce, okay, this is the day we're going to make the decision. No, no. Uh, Biogen has a uh, presentation on Thursday. And, and uh, yeah, tomorrow. And they're going to give some more data on how you, you pronounce it. I mean, blah, 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 blah. blah. The, the uh, Alzheimer's drug. I got it once. I got it once. You're uh, never doing it again. Uh, he, Aducanumab is what. Is Ooh, what that's good. Wow. Man, he's good at these pronunciations of these drugs. Uh, okay. That was impressive. Thank you. Uh, that one, comes out as gibberish when I try to say that. Yeah. Alzheimer's <laughs> drug. Alzheimer's drug. Um, as Easier far to say. as ratings are concerned, not much this morning. Goldman upgrading NetEase, NTES, to buy, mm. raising their price target from 300 to 368 what else did I see? Upgrade at Denny's. You don't see that very often. Denny's upgraded at maximum to buy. Um, kind of light on the earnings front, on the ratings front. Yeah. Downgrades are more reaction to earnings, so nothing really of note. That's a sneaky upgrade there in Denny's. I mean, you know, you're just you've had one, two, three, four, five, six up days in a row. You've had major resistance just above. Trying to break trend. 
Yeah, look at that. 2010, 2010, 2014 high. You're trading at 2040. This could be a sneaky one here. I wouldn't be short the uh, Greasy Eggs establishment here. <laughs> it's got a good name, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They don't have those in Canada, do they? Yeah, we got some. Oh. Not as They're not as as prevalent. They're not everywhere, but there's still some Denny's in Canada. There's a few of them out there. I ate a one in London. You went all the way to London for a Denny's? London. No, it's just off the highway. So when you're traveling through. London, Ontario. I know, but that's not where he lives. No, but when I'm traveling to my cottage, I got to go through London. So oh. the only time I go to London is when I'm actually traveling through London. There's okay. no point. Unless you're having a heart surgery, there's not that much point to going. Sorry, Londonites, if you're listening. London's not, <laughs> not bad. Not that many exciting oh. things in London. It's, it's nicer than Windsor. Okay. London's um, a nice city. It's not that. It's not a go-to place like where the thing is about Windsor. You come down to Windsor, you go to Detroit, a big city sports. You go all the way to Toronto, a big city sports. You know, you have festival, you have big cities. London's kind of the middle between Detroit and Toronto, if you're looking at that. So there's no, you know, it's a city of about three hundred thousand people, or and it's you know, it's, it's, there's a not a go-to place. London Knights, OHL hockey. Okay. There you uh, go. Real, go Knights. Real quick, uh, Expedia just announced a 20 million share buyback. Right now? Uh, I believe so. Why is it down two bucks? What else did they say? Uh, they're buying it back at 80. <laughs> no, I don't know. They had to say, oh, no, CFO's resigning. Oh, wait. No, no. Yeah, the CEO and the CFO. Uh, All right. So we do a little buyback, but by the way, our CEO <laughs> and CFO are both resigning. CFO huh. resigns usually equals stock down. Usually. Except unless you're Google, and then Google oh, yeah, obviously. About that. We didn't Google talk CEO. About that. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Google CEOs uh, stepping down there. It's the co CEOs, isn't that the Google? Yeah, it, it's it's uh, Larry and Sergey, the founders of, of Google. They, yeah. they they have not been the CEO of Google for a while. They've been the the, the heads of Alphabet, but all, all they did was turn the reins of Alphabet over to the CEO of Google. And Google oh. trade up on this one. So, but see, it's CFO too. When you see the CFO resign too, it's always usually bad yeah. news. So, anyways, Expedia getting the beats here. What quick technicals before? Oh, and then oh, you're gonna go right. to the nine o'clock hour. Let's see here uh, for Expedia. Uh, yeah. It's oh well. Let's see here. I mean, ninety four is your major support if you want to hold out. Uh, low of the move ninety three fifty three, and then I see. Three other lows flanking that. So I, I like I like 90, 94, 94 and a half. If you're trying to get this on the cheap, that's the low of the boat. All right. That'll be it for the first hour of our show today. I want to thank Jake Wujastic, our guest. Thanks to everyone in our chats. If, if you missed any part of the show, catch our podcast or watch the show on the YouTube. Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Those of you who are leaving us in uh, the first hour. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.